I mean, why do you go to the movies? You know, to lift your spirits, to see something interesting, to no, <laughs> no, I, what do you, I go. What do you do at the movies? <laughs> Just cry. Shut up and sit down. Let's get started, shall we? I'm gonna put that there so I don't mess yeah, with it the whole time. Yeah, you love your thumb drive. I have nervous ticks. I sit there and pick at stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're here with Leslie Scallon from Dances with Films, which is an awesome film festival every year in Hollywood at the mm-hmm. Chinese Theater. This year, 2017, will be June 1st through the 11th. That is correct. Thank you for having me on. Our pleasure. And Leslie's listened to our La La Land episode, Mm -hmm. right? I did. Our worst episode ever. Nice. (laughs) I don't think so. It was interesting. Yeah. Why do you think it was our worst? It was just a mess. Why? Just yelling. That's what people like to listen to. Well, you had a lot of people in it too. Yeah, you know, too many people. And then somebody was coming in from the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I'm not anywhere near that mic. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. Isaac's girlfriend Gracie was. We've argued about so many controversial things, but this is the one that she absolutely had to chime in on. It's this stupid movie. Yeah, (laughs) everyone has an opinion on. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand it's the vitriol around that film. What did you think of La La Land? You know what? The first time I saw it, it was at a SAG screening. And I was like, oh, you know, it was okay. You know, but then when I saw it the second time and I actually watched it with my daughter, it was much better, you know, yeah. the second time around. I would think I appreciated it. And there was one place where I had went out to go to the bathroom and I had missed a whole storyline. Uh, you know, okay. you can't just you can't go to the bathroom anymore. There's no intermissions. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I always feel I hate going to the bathroom during movies. I'm always nervous about what I'm missing. Yeah, but you know about La La Land on the on your guys's arguments disaster i didn't understand why somebody would be upset that they used a freeway that wasn't really the of free- course that was the weirdest thing. do you know anything about production no That's what you do. it was a dumb it was the dumbest point and heather if you're listening your point is silly. <laughs> please we can't you can't logistically shoot stuff exactly where it needs to be uh, to create this accurate portrayal of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's, I'll agree with you there. Thank you. In, in terms of the highway. She's like, it was on the, what was it? The it was 10- the 105. There's, There's the 105. no white people on the 105, which isn't even true. Yeah. Also. They're going over. They're not there <laughs> in the area. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk, Leslie, about your film festival because I've been involved with it. And Leslie, you're the co-founder. And Correct. what is your position title as it stands uh, co-founder. It means that you do just about everything okay. in the Sorry. film festival Wait, world. Let's make sure it is, um, it is truly hard to have enough money to have a big staff. Right. So, um, I co-founded this with Michael Trent. Right. Uh, it was his idea in reality. We had a very, very indie film, which we had created, gotten it all the way done for $40,000 in the days of film film so it was done on 16 millimeter and we here we have our print and we go and we apply to the big film festivals the industry ones and we got turned down so it was like we, we needed to do a screening somewhere and he was like you know we can't be the only people who are doing quality work and not having a place to show it and he goes why don't we create this festival and you know uh, have have like a dozen other people with us 
And that's what we did. And from that very first year, we had everybody submit equally the same. We even submitted our own film. <laughs> did it, it was really hard did to it get in. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, yeah, there was, there was no hijinks or anything. Yeah. You know, other people watched it and they said they liked it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, we had um, something like 300 entries that first year. All from one flyer that we put, well, we were handed out flyers at different other, like Palm Springs, Short Fest, and all these kind of places, and we put one ad in the Filmmaker Magazine. And 300 people were like, oh my God, yes, we need a festival where everybody's treated the same, Um, everything is reviewed the same. We started it that very first year with the fact that every film gets watched by three people all the way through. Is that different from normal festivals oh you you go to a where there's a bunch of festival directors some of them are very upfront about it some don't aren't upfront about it but they'll go yeah you've got five minutes the industry you've only got five or ten minutes you know but the reason i was really adamant about this is is the sixth sense because i sat through the sixth sense going is it going to end? Oh my God, I'm so bored. I don't care about dead people. I don't care. <laughs> oh my God. All that just happened. I didn't see it. You know? So I was kind of like our own thing. of Oh, saying, I see. Okay. You know, yeah, because yeah. you never know when the end is going to make yeah, it all when it, may, it. when it makes it all come together. Yeah. Sure. And sure, this sure. is your 20th year operating, right? Yes. So that's a long haul, especially for a film festival. I feel like film festivals pop up and then go away this is true um of course it's a little bit easier now to be a film festival than it wasn't i mean again going back to our first year okay they didn't have um you know you couldn't just bring your computer and plug it into the projector you know you didn't have to you didn't go get a dcp you had to have a print you had to have a print we were one of the first festivals where we actually got um, a beta machine so that it was either a beta or a digibeta machine. Right. So people didn't have to actually create a print. We were doing it prior to Sundance. You know, if you were if you applied to Sundance, you had to have a sixty millimeter millimeter print or thirty five. That's all they showed. So do most film festivals when you say the industry film festivals, I assume that's most of the ones that are well known are pretty much taken up with industry film choices. Like you can apply to Sundance, you can apply to um, Toronto, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to get in. Well, if you're an independent filmmaker that's not connected to a major Well, studio. and it's funny because, again, because um, we came into this, Michael and I did, with being such novices, because we hadn't even ever really been to a film festival. We no. just knew this is, because this was the time. It was, you know, Brothers McMullen. It was El Mariachi. You were out there just doing whatever you could to actually create your film and have it be seen. And so... We didn't realize when we did all of this applying, which is very expensive, you know, even back in those days, the fees were 45, 65, 75. I mean, that 20 years ago, I started the festival when I was nine, just for the record. (laughs) But um, it was, um, it it was that, uh, um, it was, it was so frustrating is the word when all of a sudden like I went to Toronto and then somebody set me up with two of the programmers for Toronto down here and they were going to all of the studios and trying to coordinate what big big films they were going to be having there you know and it was like wow you know come on guys what why are you why, taking, is, why are you yeah. taking our fees if if not every slot if, is available yeah yeah and it well it's completely true and i'm sure all those festivals started off trying to do the thing that 
you're doing. I mean, they started off trying to be an actual film festival for independent film, but then, you know, they got taken over basically. Well, right? part, I mean, part right? of it is funding. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, you know, you have to be like a 501c3, and then the people who are giving things to you, whether you're 501c3 or if you're a for-profit film festival, they want to have the, um, you know, a picture with Kate Winslet. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 not yeah, all course. of the discoveries that we have, which yeah. we've had throughout all the years. We've been doing this retrospective on our Facebook page. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's like Octavia Spencer was in our festival. Really, Jesse Eisenberg was in our festival, but yeah. all before, all before, all before they did it. Yeah, the guys yeah. who created Big Love thing. Yeah, the guys who created Big Love, um, Will Schaefer and uh, Mark Vewell Olson, <laughs> and Brian <laughs> Cranston. Brian Cranston's first directorial. He yeah. was on Malcolm in the Middle, but that was his first directorial piece was ever. That Dances with Films. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, Dances with Films is. I mean, that's. I feel like in L.A., that's one of the few that I know, you know, that you hear about yeah. as like the LA. I festivals. was rejected by dancers of the films oh. many years ago. <laughs> we applied for that two minute, two step. And I, you know, we got a, a nice note back from, from Robert mm-hmm. at DWF. And, uh, it was fine. My, the guy that I wrote it with was like, well, you write back and tell them we're never going to send them anything again. Like, it's like, I don't think they're going to be moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to care. We do get those every little bit. But, you like, know, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we will end up, because we've, we've expanded as we've, as we've grown, so we will have end up having somewhere around 160 projects probably be screening, um, which is comprised of TV and TV pilots and web, uh-huh. which is a new division that we started last year. And it was really successful because so many people are now looking at television, what television is doing. Yeah. Um, it's our fourth or fifth year of dances with kids, which is films by kids as well as for kids. Oh, okay. So we have, you know, all this kind of, then we have our shorts, we have short docs, we have the documentaries and of course the narrative features. So, but when you're getting almost 2000 entries, some people are going to get rejected and some people are going to hit some really good films hit the floor. Mm-hmm. And it's because I like to tell everybody that when you're programming, it's like you're doing a jigsaw puzzle that you don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. We're trying to match lengths of times. You know, we're trying to make it so, I mean, these people who do these 240 minute films, <laughs> guys, sorry, not guys, gonna happen. it's just really hard <laughs> to program 240 minutes when you only give 90 normally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, Usually 240 minute films need a little bit of edit. You yeah. Know, you know. We, we sometimes get mistaken with the dances with wolves movie. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we're not dances with wolves. Well, where does the name come from? That's why I wanted to okay, know. Okay. At the time when we were doing it, everybody was going up. Slam dance had just been going for a year or so. And everybody was running up to park city and doing slam dunk festival, the digi dance festival, the, um, uh, what was another couple of ones that they had trauma mm. dance, you know, Lloyd no Kaufman dance. was there. No dance. And so it was really, we only Absurd. thought we were going to do it once. So we were like, oh, dancing with films. That'll be really funny. Oh, wow. And so people either love the name or they think it's the stupidest name ever. So it's a play on, I thought it was totally about, I thought it was Dances with Wolves, like a play on that, but it's not. It's actually no. with, uh, it's a play on Sundance. Right. Oh, but guess wow. what okay. happened to us in that first year? 
we get a cease and desist from Orion. Oh my God. For dances with Wolf. So when we actually created our very first um, poster, we kind of separated out dances with films. And then we had Festival of the Unknowns just in case, yeah. you know, they came, came by. But we, we uh, leaked it to Hollywood Reporter and got a nice little write-up. It was the beginning, beginning of our press and people yes. knowing about us. Uh, the, about the cease and desist. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. And that's probably... See, you didn't cease didn't and desist. Cease desist. Yeah, no, that's probably the greatest thing that could have happened was for them to have sent you that cease and yeah. desist. Of course, letter. Orion has ceased and desist. Yes, they certainly <laughs> have. They, yeah, have they don't even exist anymore. They're, they're audios. No, yeah, that's not a... You can't... I don't think you can... Uh, the... the I don't. I'm not there at your headquarters very often lately. But the joke that always happened was that people assume dances with films is a dance film festival. Oh. So you get a, a lot of like dance, dance focused movies because they think that's what it is. Is there a dance? Is that like a genre dance films? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So no, there are totally like Step Up. Yeah. All yeah. That, that whole series. Well, a lot of shorts, too, and a lot of beautiful choreographers, yeah. you know, doing incredible. I mean, we, we always program at least one or two because they're really good. Um, yeah. But they got to be motivated. But again, back to the those early um, ages, I was up at Sundance and somebody was like, oh, yeah, it's all, you know, it's it must be dance movies, right? And this <laughs> was whoever was the head programmer at Sundance. I'm like, no, it's no more about that then Sundance is about sun movies or <laughs> horse dance you know so yeah. I've had a few years to actually get all my quips down so I can yeah. <laughs> put it in perspective yeah. so let me I want to separate our conversation into two different things first thing I want to talk about is for any people that are making indie films or making films of any kind and I want to talk to you as a film festival programmer what are the mistakes that filmmakers do because I have my own opinions about what you know, too much gets made uh, genre-wise or style-wise. But in terms of what you see, uh, without, you know, criticizing any specific movies that you have under consideration right now. Well, I mean, there's some some real basics. I mean, people forget that it's... uh, Let's talk short films just real quick. Yeah, short films. They forget it's a short film. And a film has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it is so frustrating to see a lot of people submit, you know, you can tell they've, they've, they're trying to raise the money for the feature and it's not a short film. So they're making like the first scene of a feature and that's their short Uh because they want to show off their special effects. Yeah. Like I was telling Isaac when, uh, when I walked in, you know, I hate the ones where it's like to be continued. Right. Well, no. When? Maybe I'll think about that for the web series, yeah. but I'm not going to put it in the short film competition. Right. You know? Um, but people tend to forget sound. Yeah. They, they, they wait, you know, sound's the last thing you do, and then they're like running out of money. So what does that you mean? T- what do they do? It's... It's incomplete. It doesn't, it, you know, um, Robert Millette, who's been a volunteer and, um, with us, he's an alumni as well. He had a film called Jacks Are Better in the year 2000. I think it was 2000. Pretty sure it was 2000. Um, but um, he always is, he's like, he hates the one note piano score. It's like, ding, ding. Right. You know, and there are some films that that will actually work for. Yes. But not all of them. Right. And you can tell some people do that. Um, you can hear production sound still. You know, it's like, guys, you've got to clean it up. They haven't mixed it or anything. It's mm-hmm. just raw. Yep. Um, another thing that people do is I think they don't do their research. We get a lot of the same title. And it's like there are other movie names that you can come up with besides a simple gift. <laughs> you know, it's like... Simple. 
you know, take a look at IMDb and see how many are on there. And when we're tracking you, we're looking up all this information and we're, we're like going, oh my God, not another one called The Gift. No, no, no not another one called Smile. I mean, Claire, Claire Mattis, who's our general manager, uh, she's, she's like, oh, it just drives her insane because she's the one who's tracking. And, you know, the problem is, is if you actually program something accidentally that you didn't plan on. That's a big no-no. Yeah. So we have to go to a lot of, you know, making sure that we're actually in the, you know, got the right spot. This was the right reviews for it. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, so like a misplaced title could be, mm-hmm. you just have this garbage movie in there you didn't intend to put in at all. That's well, we don't do that, but we, we always double check <laughs> ourselves. Course. But it is, but that's it is, why it does make more work. For oh, us. this is the crappy simple gift. This isn't the good one. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, the other thing is, is, is that I think people, because they, they want to be timely. Yeah. There are definite trends. Yes. I mean, this year it's all about Alzheimer's. I, we have gotten so many films where it's about somebody forgetting something. And it's like, wow, but I can't program. Dances with Films 2017, all about Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah. It's just an Alzheimer's it, film it's fest. It's a perfect way to, for, for me to say is that I can't program 12 Alzheimer's films. So there's going to be more than one good. or two good ones and they're going to land on the, they're going to land on the cutting floor. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's so I funny. noticed that, uh, cause I usually screen features, uh, and in 20, I'm just trying to remember the trends of each year in 2013, it was all found footage movies, mm-hmm. like 50%, maybe not that much, but like 30% of what I watch was found footage films which is just an excuse to be sloppy most of the time because they're like, oh, it's just footage. No, no I don't agree with that. It I, I love found footage horror. I, I love it. No, I, I don't. I think found footage is distancing for the audience because it reminds me that these aren't real events. I don't, I don't get into it at all. There are exceptions, certainly, you know, but most of the time uh, it's... It's just a film that could be like 20 minutes shorter because they don't have people fucking around with cameras. Like there was- Well, there's another thing. Editing. Yes. I mean, you know, it's really great that I know you guys all trust your friends and they, you know, they're going to like look at it and they're going to be like, no, it's a great movie. Yeah. No, you need to have it seen by people that you really trust their opinion or, you know, by, by some strangers. Yeah. You know, there's a reason that the studios do, you know, um, marketing research, yeah. you know, and actually show the movie and get, you know, responses back. There's a reason for it. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that we always try to be really positive. So even when we pass, you know, we, because we're, we were filmmakers who got back these generic pass letters and it was like, did you even see my film? And so what we do is we always try to have a couple of positive comments, which sometimes are very hard to find and sometimes very easy to find, but we try to have something positive that says, we watched your film, you know, we gave you the respect, you you know, you submitted, you paid the fee, we've been in communication with you, you know, we try to, we, we try to say, sometimes it's just not going to work. You know, sometimes the film is just really, it was you getting better. Yeah. Cause, cause filmmaking is, it's an art, it's a craft, it's a business and it takes more than just you to do it. So you can hear us groan every time written by, directed by, produced by, starring, and it's all the same name, yeah. you know, it's like, it can happen. It can be good, but it's not as, not as, uh, 
common as you think. Yeah. 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 There's lots of those that you get that credit and you're like, I see what the problem is. (laughs) (laughs) Way too many. Yeah. And you, so you really do need to like have it, you know, you have to let your baby out, you know, and it has to be, you, you, you have to listen to what people are telling you instead of being defensive, which goes back to, we will every year, we always get one or two people who are like, Oh, F you. Yeah. My film is brilliant. Why did you say this nice things if, if my film couldn't be in? And it's uh, like, we're trying that's to a, respect yeah, you. That's, you know? Those people are clearly Were you, uh, in the very beginning of their career or they're not going to last very long. Because exactly. if that's how you react... I always tell the story of the first article I ever got published. Big article was in Vice, and I went and I responded to all the comments. <laughs> <laughs> and you cannot survive no. as a creator of things if you do that. No. You, know, you can't respond to the rejections or the critiques because you will, and not, will consume you. And to read them and not take it personally yeah, is, no, is very yeah. difficult. I, well, especially I won't, you're applying to a friggin' film festival. Yeah. Everybody gets rejected. Like, be, what, you're like shocked? That yeah, but I think, I think people, you know... Especially if they're telling a story that they wrote or something, I think that there's a kind of self-association that happens, and when it gets rejected, it feels like somebody's rejecting you, and you're not able to separate it. You know, mm-hmm. this is a film that has to do certain things, and it's not doing these things with yeah. this audience, yeah. or it is. Well, and we also say, you know, this is just our opinion, right? You know, and we've actually had people are like, oh, yeah, your opinion. It's like we're telling you, it's just our opinion. Yeah. Somebody else might think it's brilliant. Um, you know, but there's just a lot of different things that we look at when we program. And like, that's what I mean, John, 9-11. Yeah. So many 9-11 movies. Oh, you know, yeah. still, even this much later, yeah. you know, it's, it's just kind of, you know, take a look and see what other people are doing. Yeah. I remember there was one I watched one year. It was a big conspiracy theory. It was hard to follow. But the final ending of the thing was this guy was up in one of the Twin Towers because and that was the reason 9-11 happened was to get rid of him oh wow and I was like this can't be the twist ending of your movie (laughs) I believe that's also the the twist ending of a Robert Pattinson romance from a few years ago it's just not a good idea yeah that was right yeah yeah it's very weird the other thing that is um is going back to weird is that okay so we have all of our screeners we have probably about 30 this year and everybody's from you know it is in the industry in one level or the other but for me I feel it is very important that it's the audience you're the audience you're not sitting there and picking it apart because you're the oh you know that acting isn't very good you know it's it's about the whole experience yes and uh, I actually had an argument with a, a couple of friends the other day who were like, oh no, it should be, you know, you should have industry only. And it's like, no, anybody who buys a ticket to a theater should be able to screen, you know, cause that's just, you know, they do need to understand that our films are not bigger budget films, you know, I mean, probably two to 3 million at the most. And some of them go down to five bucks, yeah. you know? So you have to realize that you are dealing with people who are having, you know, um, restrict budgetary restrictions. Yeah. And every year when we, cause we, at, at the screenings, we have, um, Q and A's for all the filmmakers and inevitably somebody's like, well, what was your budget? Yeah. So I finally, you know, finally it was like, you know what? The budgets of every film here is less than one day of catering on the Titanic. Okay, <laughs> done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
the trend thing I think is really a, a key point for for people that are considering making a film because I have I have so many friends that want to be filmmakers or are or trying and they do so much trend chasing you know they they this is really hot and this is what Hollywood is interested in I'm like yeah but this that's n- right now and by the time this thing gets finished you know is it going to be something that other people are interested in just just do like it follows as a great example of something completely out of left field uh, I know. love to say do what you don't know yes. because the other thing we get a lot of is actors acting. Yeah. You know, oh, the theater group is going to put it, that this is going to be, you know, it, it's, and you're like, please, if you're going to, sh-. that's the one thing I did like about La La Land is that they took something and they kind of, they packaged it up in the whole little pretty package and it was a different take than what has been on trend. Right. So that's why, another reason why I appreciated that one. But I mean, we get a lot where it's, you know, actors hanging out at their famous actor friend's home. You know, it's like, oh please, if you're going to show me something about actors, please let it be different. Yeah, Yeah, not the same old thing. My other perennial one is, uh, and I've mentioned this hundreds of times, is movies about like brilliant but unrecognized artists that have some drama going on. There's always some art. It's usually like a painter or some sort of artist that's representing the filmmaker, and then there's always this art dealer that's like, I have to have your newest work immediately. And that the plot of the movie is like hinging on this very silly uh, projection of the filmmaker into the film. Super common opener again this year is a very attractive woman with her back to the camera looking at. A, a picture in a, in a gallery. <laughs> I mean, we've gotten about, I think, at least six that have opened like that. And I'm sure that every filmmaker thought that it was brilliant, yeah. you know? Why do you think? What, where does that come from, do you think? I, no clue. Somebody, knows. I don't know. They all I, have this image in, in their head of... Yeah, it's funny how <laughs> how humans. It's true. We're so similar. We we digest information the same way, and and you do. You see the same. Oh, you know. Remember when uh, Alexander the Great movies? Two of them sprung up at exactly the same time. Yeah, you know, and that always happens. There's always like two. A while ago, do you remember there was like two time travel? There was a time travel TV show and a time travel mo- movie, both starring a black main actor and like a mixed race woman. And they were almost identical. They were like the entire projects were exactly the same. Yeah. Um, they, and they were like these weird, like time travel, but sort of like eerie, uh, ethereal time travel things. Yeah. And they happened at exactly the same time. So, I mean, in one sense, you can't really blame people. And also, being on topic can, at times, be good, right? I mean, it's like, explorations being, of things that we want to see. I don't think see. it's topic. It's more... It's it's less about the topic, because you can have an interesting It's more about the tropes, the, yeah. these irritating tropes yeah. that people... Yeah. Or having a unique uh, perspective. Yeah. You some, know, that's a lot of... Again, going back to common mistakes, is it's like... You know, you still need to have your voice. Yes. You know, we don't need you to do the fancy one-shot Robert Altman style yeah. to prove you're Robert Altman. Yeah. No, you know, take your voice. And, you know, if, you, if it is a one-shot, then have a way you're doing it that is unique to you. you yeah. Know? Yeah, instead of just a copy off of somebody else. Do you, Leslie, do you think film festivals in this current marketplace for filmmaking, do you think film festivals have uh, a future? 
like because right now so much content is um online and there's online portals to see it and there's curation happening online does an actual physical film festival in 20 say 20 years from now dance with the film's 40th anniversary well you know what does that people, look like? people love the communal experience you know let's face it and one of the great things about our fest is that we have almost 100 percent of all of the creators come you know a producer a writer director they're there to represent so you get to have not only that you you're meeting people at for us with our festival at the beginning of their career you know and able to have conversations with them conversations in the lobby you know so i think that and i mean years and years ago um there was a guy who was the head of AFI and his projection 10 years ago was the fact that festivals were going to save theaters because it brings in people. Mm. You know, we have packed houses almost every day. Mm. Interesting. And we have an over 400 seat theater. Yeah. So and you don't, you program one movie at a time. Is that right? Do yeah. You? We try to not have anything competing. Now with the, with the little mini festivals that we have now going in, they are actually being programmed at the same time, but they're kind of their own mini festival within our festival. Right. You know, we're using the big guy to help develop those. Yeah. So. That's, uh, it's interesting that you have that kind of turnout because I, I think theater business in general lately is struggling. Mm -hmm. It's struggling to get people in the door. And that's part of the thing that's afflicting Hollywood is there's no, I feel like all the mid-range dramas and comedies that used to get made by Hollywood have completely, they're just gone. Now it's either tentpole or like Oscar bait and nothing else. Well, here's the, here's the again, it's a, it's about the passion of the filmmaker. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that we do that I think is unique to us is about a month right after we make our selects, we bring the filmmakers together and we have an orientation and we are like, you know, we're, we're providing this platform for you. You know, you, uh, and we're going to be telling everybody that we have 160, 170 films, come see it. But only you really know your project. You're the one who really needs to get out there and, and be smart about it. Uh, we had um, a dance movie, yeah. actually. Um, uh, what's, oh God, what was the name of it? Anyway, I'll think of it. Anyway, that filmmaker was from Chicago, but she came out for the orientation she sat there, she grilled me because she was like, well, what distributors are you going to have there? What are you going to have? You know, and I'm like, we invite everybody, but you need to do your research and you need to figure out who you're going to have come, who's going to do right by your film. And so then we went into the fact that we give awards and all that. And she was like, oh, you give an audience award. And, and we went, yeah. And she goes, that's my goal. I want to win audience awards at every festival I go to. Now she had a dance movie. It was an urban movie. And so she... She just literally everywhere. There went to every dance class she could find. She handed out flyers, and she targeted Lionsgate and got a release from Lionsgate after having won like six or seven audience awards. And she just she she had such a passion for it. It was something that she was a social worker, and now she's you know moved on. She just finished a film uh, that w was on HBO. Carmen Moran is her name. Uh -huh. um, just really passionate yeah. and if you don't have that passion then you shouldn't be doing a film right yeah and you, unless unless you're doing it on the studio side or you know picking up a, a television show you know what i mean are are too many people making content do you think in this day and age because i sort of feel like there's too many people trying to make movies 
Well, that's and, that's true, but the technology is so much easier. Right. But everybody should have their chance in there to try. Agreed. Should they though? <laughs> well, I mean, look at Rob Rodriguez. He did like something yeah. like eighteen shorts before Bedhead, I think it was, actually um, took off, and that's where you know he got the idea for the El Mariachi, and then went and sold his blood and all that, you know. But wait, what? <laughs> but I mean, wait, 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 wait. Who you don't know sold this? their blood, Robert Rodriguez. Robert, yeah, he made El Mariachi, and uh, he made. He was a human yeah, guinea I know. pig. Ro- he was a human guinea pig. Oh, he's financed it by being yeah. a human guinea pig. Okay, I see. Yeah, hmm. didn't realize that. You didn't know like, that. What? Well, that's that's the question though, because there were so many obstacles for a guy like Robert Rodriguez or any of the big indie guys of the nineties to get their projects made. So those, without those obstacles now, it's much easier. For... Yeah. And I almost feel like sure. It's more democratized, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody now has the capability to do it, but at the same time, maybe that's not good because it just floods the marketplace with all this crap. Because my one of my worries is, and one of the things I like about festivals is that they are gatekeeping in a certain kind of way. They're, yeah. right. they're curating and they're saying these yeah. are worthy of your attention. And one of the things that I worry about in our artistic world, especially in filmmaking nowadays, is that there's so much content that worthy things, we don't even have a communal conversation about stuff anymore because we're all watching different things and i feel like you know the future of this art form and the future of this kind of visual entertainment is it going to eventually turn into opera or you know any of these kind of niche cultural uh, elements like are people going to watch feature films in 50 years Oh, I mean, people need yeah. people need to have <laughs> yes. escapism, yeah. yeah. Because everybody, I mean, why do you go to the movies? You know, to lift your spirits, to see something interesting, Not this guy. to no, no. <laughs> I, you, I go. What do for you that. do at the movies? <laughs> Just cry. Uh, it, it is funny though how some people, you know, some like why would you ever. If it was just escapism, why would you ever go see Manchester by the Sea? Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not just pure escape. I mean, do you go to learn things about the world and see the world reflected in certain ways, right? Yeah. But you kind of lost your point there. You were talking about is there too many people making content? Yeah. Is there too many? Is there is this democratized content world where none of us have real jobs anymore and everybody in the world is now a political commentator and there are also now a fi- everybody's a filmmaker, everybody's a writer, everybody is now a creative. Um, is that well, problematic? I think, that, I think that's because you live in Los Angeles. Well, that's also true. But I mean, just the technology has allowed us all to, it's given us all like little platforms, or as it used to be. Only the people who are, as you're saying, passionate enough to really put together these massive projects could become a filmmaker. It was really about your desire and your passion. Let's face it. You're only going to make so many projects before you're like, I'm not getting this. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, I I think there's... Well, but how many? I I mean, you said it, Robert Rodriguez did 18, you know I mean? And then he finally figured it out. So maybe, I don't know. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is... Now you can point a camera at yourself and, you know, the, the platform, the barriers to entry are so low that uh, it's become completely democratized and you don't need to have that same passion, I feel like, in order to, to 
rise to the top at all, do you? I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, I, I think that you definitely have to have a talent and you have yeah. to have, you have to have something and there's also, you need connections. Yeah. Let's face it. That's one of the things. That's one of the reasons why we created the festival because we, we knew we didn't have any connections, you know, and there should be a place where you can be judged without, you know, somebody elbowing you and going, oh, well, you know, that's uh, Robert Redford's son's piece. So yeah. we want to oh, yeah. show it. That's, well, but it, so does that not exist in dances with films at all? I mean, I'm sure you guys know there are people that you know who make movies. Can, do they? Can they tap you and be like, "Hey, check out my film"? I mean, well, and everybody has to still do everything exactly the same. Yeah. they still have to submit. They have to submit by the deadline. Um, but what there is factors that we look at, and you know, yeah, if somebody if if Charles has recommended a film. I'm going to look at it more seriously yeah. than, you know, of when, course. That's when just it is the way things work. Yeah. You can't so, avoid it. So, you know, people saying and going, yeah, I recommended them. I saw the film. I thought it was great. Yeah. That's, you know, that's just all part of the business. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend anything. <laughs> do, do you, he, do is you, a, he is a very <laughs> tough screener. He really is. Back to, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting all kind of. No, we're, we're, we're all we're talking dan- about filmmaking. Around. We're dancing. We're dancing with films. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awful pun. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What, what was the point that you wanted to make, though? There was something you wanted to say about this. What, what was it you, that you texted me? Uh, about, oh, it, it was basically that point is, you know, my concern is that there's so much content that, that's getting created. And, you know, is are we going to just flood ourselves with content so that, we can't ever watch anything. Like there's just so many things to watch that. And you get that feeling already. I mean, I, when I look at Netflix, even now, I, I'm just like, I don't feel like that's the side point of this, you know, like, yeah, there's just so much out there that it's, it almost has the opposite effect where you're, you're just like, I don't want to, it's too much. Overabundance of choice is a curse. In the nineties, let's say if, if a movie kind of broke through on the independent scene, like clerks, or, you know, any uh, El Mariachi or any of those mm-hmm. kind of indie scene movies. When they broke through, they broke through and their real stuff happened out of them. In this day and age, is there so much content that a film that's really good that comes out of Dances with Films, is it going to have that same opportunity? Uh, or well, you got to it- remember that like um, El Mariachi, you know, he did it with the, you know, his money, but yeah. then they put like another, and can't quote me because I'm not 100% sure, but like the studio put like another 500,000 into it, right. you know, to make it so it was actually viable. But that was because it, bro- the it broke through, that was because it got uh, knowledge and broke, th- broke through people's, you know, kind of pop culture awareness well, right? the, yeah. or at least the studio is being aware of it so if a movie in today's day and age if we have a really great indie film what happens even if it's really good and it does well at a festival like Dance of the Films what does it go from there like does it have the same chance to be uh, something that people are aware of and go see or is it just going to get lost well again that depends on if the person's doing their marketing you know, yeah. and they've got to, they've got to do that. You've got to have a podcast or something that you can, you know, you can tell people about it. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I mean about Carmen when she did hers, you know, she literally just took flyers out and it was a great movie. Everybody loved it. And, you know, the, then one person tells another person, tells another person, it's, it's going to be always be that same thing. And I think people are always going to be looking to be entertained, whether it is they're going to cry through it or if they're going to laugh or no. dance through it. You know, I think it's, I, I guess in this day and age, it's speaking to 
like we, we were talking on a different episode about the 20% doing 80% of the work. Yeah. Uh, and that right be- principle and that being, uh, how films today get in front of audiences is that they, they are appealing to a certain, like it follows is the one I keep referring to because it follows doesn't have any stars in it that I'm aware of. And it kind right. of broke out of, you know, it's this well-known indie horror uh, movie. Right. But it is horror. Yeah. You and know, that's the, the audience is much more accepting of a horror film having nobody in it right. for some weird reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell people, the hardest thing you're going to do is if you make a drama because yes. yeah. you have to have, you have to figure out what your hook is. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's really, that's the difficult thing. You've, you've already put yourself one step behind because what do you mean by that? Your hook? Um, like with Carmen again, she had a dance movie, so she had dance, she had the urban, she had yeah. You, she had genre films have a built-in angle. It's, well, I mean, it could even be about you know saving the house next door if the house is built by you know Lloyd Wright. Yeah. Um, you know, bless you. Sorry. So the thing is, is that you have to have something that is unique to your film. And I always tell the filmmakers, it's not about the fact that you used all your cash or mortgaged your house or, you know, sleep in your car now. Cause all those stories have been done. Yeah. You know, you really need to have something that is unique about your story, yeah. your voice, and that's, and that you have to get that story out. Luckily we have Facebook now, you know, so Facebook and Twitter and all these people are able to utilize these so much better than they were in the, in the early days. It right. was really hard. What? So when you get a submission, is there a log line? Do you- um, yes, usually, um, you know, we ask them for one. Sometimes they don't give us one, but the, our, our screeners are very different. Um, and some, I mean, they go crazy if they can't read the synopsis. Yeah. And then there's like Robert, who's like, I don't want to know anything about it. I want to I put it in, and I want it right to like through. prove itself to me. So, what do you look for in a log line? Like, what what stands out to you? Something that actually says something about the movie that is actually in the movie. <laughs> we get so many. Yeah, we were talking. We, you get we were so talking many just about it. Totally and, random log lines yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, like this today is today. I went. I had breakfast. They're trying to be the, Kafka esque. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reviews of their movie cuts to the core of the human experience. Exactly. But that's it. It's like, oh, okay, what's it about? Is it about a tree? Is it about a rock? Is it? Oh, it's a story about my dog, you know. But no, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, a lot of the this, the stuff that gets submitted to Dance of the Films that I've noticed, uh, horror wise, they're usually like horror comedies. That's I don't know if that's just what. I end up grabbing or what gets assigned to me, but I see a lot of horror comedies come through, which I never enjoy because they're always, uh, I don't know. Too dumb? Yeah. It's not that I don't mind dumb. I'm a fan of dumb, dumb movies, but that if you're going to do a horror comedy, that's such a specific thing that you have to maintain. It's so difficult. Like I never see really high concept horror movies come through dances. And I think more, more filmmakers would benefit by submitting their high, concept horror movies right but you know again um i'm not going to program a gazillion horror movies because we're not a horror you know we're not a genre specific yes so you know yeah we do have midnight slots but you know we might also do when a a program something which robert likes to call the booze and boobs you know because they fill a house and they're really fun you know high energy versus you know the psychological thriller at 11 o'clock at night yeah 
So, and then I have actually programmed horror ones that were really good into competition right. as well. But you know, those they really you really have to have a jump because they're those that are in our actual competition. You know, they're there for a reason. You know, and they are a bunch of different things. We're not the Golden Globes, so we're not going to give you know you know best actor in a comedy. Yeah. We just give one grand jury um, grand jury audience award and then we also have one we consider every single film that's in the festival that gets that gets chosen for the festival has the ability to go up for our industry choice award and that one is one where we give the top choices to people like our some of the people who are on our board of advisors like mark ordesky producer of lord of the rings or a steve wagner who produced the blind side so we have you know we've limited it because we're not that festival that gives i mean we get so many films. Oh my God, I have to play the Las Vegas Film Festival because they gave our actors, you know, best, best, um, yeah. you know, and you're like, okay, but that might, that not, playing there might kick you out of the running here because, yeah. you know, we are Los Angeles and we are a film town. And if I want to get industry to come out, I, they can't have seen half of our selections at Tribeca or Cinequest you, or South by Southwest. You want to be a discovery festival. You want Well, uh, it, how else are we going to get people to come down, yeah. you know? What, um, what do you see, uh, you were talking about having TV pilots and web. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that's, how do you, how does that get judged? Is that also in a, a theater, a theater, a, a theater, theater. <laughs> a, a theatrical environment? People come in the theater yes. and watch it. Yeah. We actually booked out the smaller, it's a 180 seat theater because I thought that would be a better viewing experience rather than in the huge 400. Um, but yes, they came in and we only did audience awards with them, yeah. you know, and then of course they're also available for the industry choice. But we only did that because, again, you know, when we're trying a first year, we were like, okay, how's this going to work? Is it going to be um, something good? So, and we don't judge the kids. The kids <laughs> don't get judged. They should no be. Winners they need to lose early. So yeah. <laughs> They're all winners. Yeah. We, we've had those discussions, literally. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, there should be. But, you know, we don't know when it's kids, we don't know 100%. Did the kid actually do it or did the parent do yeah, it? Yeah. You know, it's a little pro- hard. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. <laughs> It's like one film made by a kid that's like action. It's like a bug on the ground, and the next one's like perfectly cut. You yeah, know? So my nine-year-old their, made yeah, this. Yeah, their parents made it. Yeah, yeah. Their parents made the movie. My, uh, oh, yeah. We had an eight-year-old out from Australia last year with his dad. Wow. I mean, and so while he was here, they actually went on like Hollywood Boulevard and made another part two to this, oh, you know, wow. to the uh, uh, super agent teddy bear oh. that he had created. Oh, nice! It was really cute. I, I remember when they when you first instituted dances with kids. I watched this movie that I assumed was made by children, and it had been made by adults. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, did kids this make is this?" Really good. <laughs> Who edited this? No, no. I was. I believe the content. If I'm thinking of the same one that that you. Yeah, it was. It became. <laughs> it was like. Oh, I didn't no, know nine year olds could do special effects no. like this. This at, is amazing. At first, I, yeah. I I was like, oh, this is so badly made that children must have made it. <laughs> but no, it was made by fully grown adults. <laughs> doing, yeah. Well, and again, they're practicing. You know, I mean, and, and that is going back to your comment about you know should there's is there too much content? Not really, because people need to get the practice in. No. And there are lots and lots of festivals anymore, yeah. you know, so there Very are more long. places to actually play them than there used to be. Aren't a lot of those scams, so though? There's a lot of scams, like scam festivals. 
there are some. Yes. <laughs> they just take your they just take your fee I, you, and I, nothing I happens. can't stand these ones that are online fe- festivals <laughs> and they don't show they just give an award. Yeah. It's like uh, what the hell is the point of that, this? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't get that. I don't get it. Yeah, the, the whole, yeah that is just a scam. The it's whole point is to get the, your entrance film in front of an audience. Yeah. Well, because yeah. they don't know any better. You know, yeah. they just want to rack it up and it seems easy. But the point is to get your film in front of an audience. And if the festival does that, then they're, you know, it's pretty legit. And if they don't, if you just like, they put it on their YouTube channel, yeah. I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, anybody could do that. Well, you know, the other thing though is some of them will charge for every single thing. Yeah. Like, okay, you get a pass to go to your film, but if you want to see all the rest of the films, you have to buy a ticket. You know, there's there's ones that do that. There's ones that's that... A, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the galas have to be, you know, charge money. We're, we're like, we're the down and dirty gala. You know, when we do our opening and closing, it's like everybody's pretty much in jeans. And yeah. They're buying their own drinks. Gala. Not really a gala, more of a <laughs> well, gathering. We have a meet the filmmakers <laughs> party and then we have our closing night awards. Yeah. So... Is it gala or gala? I think it's... It can be either. You can say either one. It can be either one. So if people want to buy tickets for this year's, they go to dancesoffilms.com. Correct. And if people want to submit for next year's, they can do it via the website when you open for submissions. And when will you open for 2018? We will probably open uh, in August or so. Okay. So that's about when... After I quit, because I quit every year, because yeah. this is a this is a really hard job, you know, because there are a bunch of film festivals that keep cropping up, and you have to fight more and more for sponsorship yes. and all of that kind of stuff. So every year on stage, I'm like, I quit, <laughs> I quit, and then like, here comes around August or September, and like, yeah. people are like, Hey, when can I submit? And you're like, you and you realize the reason that Michael and I have kept it going for so long is that we really. The, it's the filmmakers. Yeah. Seeing the filmmakers, get to meet other filmmakers. We've had a lot of projects that have actually um, been conceived like in the lobby and then people have brought them back and they have to go through the whole same process. They don't get in just because they're an alumni. We have too many alumni at this point. Yeah. But it's really that the energy and the, the excitement of seeing your film up there, you know, huge, is it's just... It's incredible. Yeah. And so, playing in front of an audience. Like yeah. you can't, that is an experience, even in my limited like film school experience, that cannot be beat to sit there and have your movie play well in front of a group of people. I mean, that's as much as Netflix and, and everything else has eaten up so much of the business. There's really, as, a, as an artist, there's no better feeling than being able to watch people watch your content. Huh. It's It's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. What, so, what's your favorite film that's ever come through? Obviously, that's an absurd oh. question. What's the Maybe. biggest one that's ever come through? Would oh, I God. know? Um, no, the biggest was is really uh, Mark and Brian, um, Mark and uh, Mark and Will. You know, creating Big Love. Oh, okay. right after you know because yeah. that screening that they had of their film Easter they were able to get HBO down to see their work. Oh, nice. You know, cool. so it's it's been more like that kind of discovery. Yeah, that we have. sure. You sure. can find so many of them. I mean, most of them at this point have gotten distribution. Really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, Netflix and, and I, all that stuff has yeah. really helped, of course, have that be accessible for filmmakers. Um, the hard part is actually making some money back on your film. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the struggle of... Of most artists not operating yeah. in the Yeah, well, the and this, is, this is part of the problem with the overabundance of content. You, yeah. can't, you can't get money for it anymore. 
Awesome. And this year's festival, uh, I don't, uh, June 1st through the 11th? Right, June 1st through the 11th at the Chinese Theater. And uh, we will be having, like I said, probably over 160 or so films and the TV and the kids, as well as we have um, wonderful talks um, that we hold in the theater uh, at noon where we have some really terrific industry people come in to share advice with not just our filmmakers, but if any general audience wants to go. We have our couple of parties and we keep it we keep it really tight, really fun. And like I tell everybody, if, if I'm not having fun, then you're not going to be having fun. Yeah. So it's just about, it's really about a, a, um, an applause and an expert, um, not expiration. What's the word I'm thinking of? It's the appreciation of the work that they've done and, and just that energy that we have in that room. And it's, it's electric. You know, when we have our opening night, have you ever been to one of our opening nights? Yes. I mean, they crackle. It's just like, yeah. So yeah, June first through the eleventh, dancewithfilms.com. Can you find out most information? We're just now finishing up programming. It's so we won't be announcing our slate for probably another month, but it's all in the works and and come down and you know see it. Or if, volunteer if too. Oh, volunteer. Yeah. We, yeah. They we need always volunteers. need volunteers. And you know, don't do the Isaac where you watch three movies and then bail. Because, oh no. Because they're harder than, to watch than you think, right? <laughs> well, they are, they were very hard it's very some, hard somebody's got somebody's got to do that you, from my i i had a film screening series that i ran for a little while and that was the hardest thing to do was to get people to Jobs. everyone wants to be involved with mm-hmm. film festivals but nobody wants to do the very basic work of well, it, which it's is screening so hard content. to watch them all the way through man. you got to do brutal. it how else how else are are worthy titles going to get recognized but you once don't... you i mean it's so tough though because once you know that it's crap <laughs> It's just, okay, it's okay. so hard to finish okay, the I'm gonna, crap, I'm stop you know? right here because you know what? There will be, he will pass on something, somebody else will give it a must-see. Yeah, sure. So, sure. you know, it just depends on what your version of crap is. No, but the, you're right. But at the same time, it's, once I know that I'm not into this at all, it's very hard to finish it through, you know? if it, Like, if I feel like it's not working, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we have more than one screener. Weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weak. Yeah, <laughs> very it's hard. Weak. It's hard. 